Hello and welcome to your daily dose of commentary. Today we start with a topic. Did Rockstar finally fix the modder issue in GTA Online? For the longest time, for a brief moment, whenever you went into a job, your lobby would no longer be invite only. It would become public and that would enable modders who were like spamming to get in to get into your session and screw you or kick you out or crash or, or whatever. And so that was terrible, right? It was just this one security vulnerability that people confused why Rockstar didn't fix. And it turns out they finally fixed it. From Luke's the breaking news, Rockstar finally fixed another long-standing issue with GTA Online that turned private sessions into public sessions when starting a non-free mode job, missions, high races etc which will now remain private sessions meaning in theory you could play pc gt online in private without any protections whitelist etc and that was confirmed to me by a dude who knows a lot about the code or whatever for for online apparently it wasn't fixed for friend sessions at least when they fixed it invite only but if it's not fixed for friend sessions it's going to be soon fixed for friend sessions i use friend sessions so i will probably still use guardian i might just use guardian just to be extra super safe it's nice to know that regular people can do invite-only stuff. And me, you know, I have the panic if I don't accidentally have my security tools up or whatever. Soon means next update in six months. Okay, that's true. So maybe it's not immediately fixed for friend sessions, but at least I've got confirmation that it's like on the books. Important to know this only applies to invite-only sessions. Friend-only sessions will become public after launching a job and the rest of the lobby types were never safe to, safe to begin with. Good confirmation from Rockstar's side as well now that it should be fixed. So should be, who knows when that's gonna happen, but good on Rockstar for finally fixing that after. 800 million years. Has the voice actress for Lucia in GTA 6 been found? If you've been on Twitter at all over the last couple of hours, you would have noticed that the internet believes that they found the actress for Lucia. I took one of these tweets and responded to it. Countdown says, GTA 6's Lucia actress has been found, showing a picture of the actress and Lucia from the game, saying looks and sounds similar to Lucia, starred in Law & Order just like GTA 5 and Red Dead Redemption 2 actors, Steven, Og, Ned Luke, and Roger Clark. To this, I respond, brah, is privacy not a thing anymore? These accounts are shameless. I will admit my portrayal of Lucia was inspired by my many Law & Order appearances. And like, you can see the similarity here. Like, I'm orange in this picture and Lucia is wearing orange. A subtle reference, an understandable decision on Rockstar's part. Similarity uncanny. You can now submit music suggestions for my stream. You know me, when I have a day where I'm not feeling great, I don't like do nothing. I find some tedious task that I've been putting off forever and I do it, you know. So in my Spotify right now, you can see that a bunch of songs are missing when I go down here. Basically, I put every single song that I had onto a Derby Premiere timeline. And then I made a Derby Premiere transcribe all the songs so I could find the ones with a hell load of lyrics in them. Then I removed all those songs. So we'll no longer have the occasional lyric song that comes up in Chill Hop, right? Where it just starts rapping or something. Sometimes good rap, but you know, sometimes not very good rap. Well, the songs aren't synced up, it looked like this basically. So it's the entire row, like eight hours or something of music and it says test there, right? Transcript appeared up here and I would go, okay, that's too much music. I'd find the original song and then I'd uh, delete it. What I also did though, I uploaded every single song I had to YouTube to find which get claimed in their content ID system. Because I have like a lot of older Chill Hop that has potentially been added in a bunch of random songs that have potentially been added to the content ID system. And so what I ended up doing was going through the claiming system. It's like this song was claimed, so I delete that song. This song was claimed, then I delete that song. And so it ended up being, I think, 1,500 songs that over two days I individually deleted. The reason why it's so many is because I recently downloaded every single content ID free Chill Hop song from the people who've provided me Chill Hop over all these years. And it ended up being like 3,200 songs, but there were a lot of doubles, a lot of doubles. 
as well, I think I downloaded songs like that came from their backend that I wasn't meant to download. And so I ended up downloading songs that they had lost the rights to. So I had to remove all those as well. I probably ended up removing like a hundred of my non-chill hop songs and like 1400 of my chill hop songs. So I've still got like 1600 chill hop songs and I know a couple of hundred other songs or whatever. But this is what I've spent two days doing. It took so much time. So hopefully now I will no longer have my live streams being claimed all the time on YouTube. I've removed all the claiming songs. Leave me alone, YouTube. One thing I've also done now, though, is I've made a section of my Discord so you can recommend music. And I will, you know, download all this music, see if it's appropriate, see if it's content ID free, or if it's in the YouTube system, or who I have to credit, or whatever, and uh, I'll integrate potentially some of it. I can't imagine much of it will get integrated into the system, uh, into my playlist, but we'll see what happens. So if you've got some song recommendations, feel free to suggest background songs for my videos and live streams. Please be wary of adding things in YouTube's content ID system. On YouTube, if in the description, YouTube detects a song like this. Like below the video, you can see music, one song, and then the name of the song. Please don't add it to the Discord. As a rule of thumb, video game music is fine, and so are less mainstream songs. If you have heard the track in another YouTube video or live stream, that is usually a good sign. I will worry about what is or is not in the YouTube system. Don't stress too much about it. I just appreciate recommendations. Please know which the following types your song falls under. Chill, classical, epic, happy, nightclub, racing, sad, stealth, victory. Thanks. And so we'll go through all that and uh, hopefully get some cool songs. I'm going to start uploading on Instagram again. So another thing that I'm doing right now is working to start uploading to Instagram again. And one of the things I wanted to do was both start memberships on Instagram and work to have my merch promoted there next to my videos and stuff. And the process to get myself set up to do that took hours. Instagram, Facebook, and Meta have the most convoluted backend I've ever seen because there are now like three systems, Meta, Facebook, and Instagram, and they're incestuously entwined in a way that you can't like access one without having connections and access to the others. And so you can have something on Facebook that is not connected to the correct, correct thing on Instagram, that is not connected to the, next to the correct thing with Meta, and something can not work because of something on Facebook, even though it should work because it's correct on Instagram. And it, it ended up going around and around and around in circles. We had to like delete some Facebook page, and, and well ended up helping me out with a lot of this stuff. And it was a complete nightmare. My account got suspended twice. I think it's still suspended right now. I think once automatically because I didn't press one button uh, and they keep asking for more and more details to prove that I'm me. It's nuts, but that's gonna be set up soon. And it's largely gonna be reposting of stuff that I have on Twitter and that I put on YouTube shorts, you know? It is just the case that some people only use like one particular social media. And so reposting my stuff, at least the easily repostable stuff on all these platforms just brings me benefit, you know. I got tricked into buying an older products. So I've been looking to upgrade my audio setup here because the GoXLR, it's very out of date now. And while it is kind of being supported with software, it, its future is kind of up in the air. The people who were developing or whatever got fired and then they got, some of them got relocated somewhere else. And it's a whole thing. Like recently they just released an update that like bricked people's PCs and stuff. It's the GoXLR, it's future. Who knows? Uh, it works for me right now, and uh, but I've been trying to find something to replace it. And so what I ended up buying was the Apollo Twin. It is like a very expensive 
I guess, audio interface. I can't remember what it's exa exactly called, but I, I, I just wanted to plug my microphone into it to put the sounds to my PC and then use something else to give me virtual audio cables, the beam something or whatever. But the reason I'm, why I'm telling you about this is because I got bamboozled buying this product. So I looked up buying it, right? And I knew that I wanted the two processor version, which is this one and this one, right? I just searched it from Google and it brought me to this page. And so I just bought it. I know it's quite expensive, but again, it's a business thing and it's the best. It, everyone says it's the best. So I'm just gonna, you know, at least test it or whatever. But it turns out that unbeknownst to me, there are two versions of the exact same bit of hardware. Like they have the exact same name, except this one has an X in it and this one has a two in it. Now understand, I didn't know there were two versions of this exact same piece of hardware. Like they're named the exact same thing. Universal Audio Apollo Twin Duo Heritage Edition Audio Interface with US 2.5K plugins. And the exact same thing here, Universal Audio Apollo Twin Duo Heritage Edition Audio Interface with US 2.5K plugins. It turns out that the only difference that I can see, like even reading this entire page, there is no difference on this page, but this one has a Thunderbolt 3 port and this one has a Thunderbolt 2 port. And if you search on this page, nowhere does it mention a Thunderbolt 2 cable. It says here, please note this unit requires a Thunderbolt cable. One is not provided with the unit. If you look at this other listing, it says, please note this unit requires a Thunderbolt cable. One is not provided with the unit. So they, they, it doesn't even say the cable you need. But down here though, it says Thunderbolt 3. On this page, it doesn't say Thunderbolt 2 anywhere, right? Like I was unaware that there was a Thunderbolt 2 version, but I feel as though like this is almost like deceptive advertising trying to get me to buy the older version or whatever. Right? Nowhere that's the only thing that's different. Apparently, every bit of information on the page is exactly the same, except that. And I wanted the Thunderbolt 3 version. I have no Thunderbolt 2 port on my PC or any cables that are Thunderbolt 2. And so I'm sitting here now with this almost 2000 AUD device that I can't use. I'm sure I could get adapters and stuff to make it so Thunderbolt 2 goes into Thunderbolt 3, but I don't want to. It's likely worse. I want the thing that I was trying to buy. Can I just return it? I hope I can return it. I'm in contact with them now, but it's the day before Christmas. And that's just super disappointing. I was gonna set it all up today and, and be like, yeah, I got my cool new audio and stuff. And now I'm just like, ah, oh, well now I got to battle with some company to get a refund and then get the device that I want. I have to go to the post office and stuff, all because this fucking website has the exact same bloody name for the device. Like, why would you not have a modifier here if the device is so similar, you know? And as well, you know how you have these like power adapters where you can change the head so that it's it's different plug-in standards, right? So you have one for Australia, one for EU, one for America or whatever, and you just slot on the one that you need. Have you seen these things before? For whatever reason, they have like two little clips on either side that extend outside of it. It doesn't make it so it works or something, but I, I guess it's just to make it easier to slot on or something, I don't know. To get it to fit into my wall socket, because I had another cable next to it, I had to clip off those two sides. So I've damaged the, the power cable, not in any way that impacts its function, but it's technically now modified, right? And so returning this without telling them is gonna make me feel bad, but at the same time, they're the ones who bamboozled me. Like the idea that this company should expect their, their customers to have such esoteric knowledge as to the different variations of cable that is available for a particular product without listing it anywhere when you're buying the device is insane. I don't like it though. I gotta be real with you, it sucks to not buy from Amazon and have to have this happen because 
every single time I buy from something somewhere that isn't Amazon, I'm like, oh no, problems are gonna happen. I don't want Amazon to just dominate every single aspect of commerce. But at the same time, like, I get bit a lot more buying from anywhere else. If you have problems with Amazon, they, they just eat the cost. They're like, yeah, whatever, you, you know, you don't like the car you just bought from us. <laughs> return it, we'll give you twice as much money as you spent on it. Like, I'm, I'm obviously exaggerating, but that's the way it feels sometimes. That it doesn't matter. They will just eat the cost of any problems and you're fine. But these guys can be like, oh man, you should have, you know, done 800 years of research to have divines the every variation of this particular piece of hardware before buying from us. It's your fault. Just get a Thunderbolt 2 to USB-C cable. That, that definitely won't work. USB-C is not the exact same as Thunderbolt. There are cables that I can get, but I want the new one. I want the Thunderbolt 3 one. And as well, I don't have those cables. So even if I did go and do that, I would still be waiting for the cable to arrive anyway, right? So I may as well see if I can get this resolved. My problems with sleep apnea. Another sad note is at this point, I must have sleep apnea. I can't keep living like this. I did a test for it before, but it failed to record results correctly. Worse, the test was literal torture. One of the worst experiences of my life. I'm going to rebook it again though. I feel like a shell of a person. And I still do. There was this wonderful month, as often happens, where I have energy every time I wake up and I feel like whatever my problem was, I'm over it, I'm fine, let's go. The world is lovely. And then all of a sudden, I'll start waking up again and just feel super tired. It's not depression. I have so much that I want to do and I love life. To be fair though, when I have little energy, it makes me love life less. But I, I, I love life and I want to do so much and I can't and that's what makes me frustrated and angry. I have heard that if you have sleep apnea, that sleeping on your back is the worst way to sleep. So I'm trying my hardest to sleep on my side, to my right, which is apparently the best way um, that alleviates sleep apnea to, to a degree. But I usually sleep on my side, and that's, that's why the test was actually very hard for me, because I don't sleep on my back, which the test seems to want you to do, because they, they put stuff on your front, right? But sleeping last night, trying to sleep on my side and stuff, like I'm, I'm, I'm putting a pillow like between my legs and stuff to forced me to keep my knees together to the side or something. I, I know I'm trying things out. Uh, and it didn't help last night, but I'm gonna keep trying it because I don't know what else to do. It is a frustrating thing, chat, to have a problem and have no way to solve it or to combat it in any way. Because the people who do these tests aren't coming back until January 8th. And that's frustrating. I'm a person who once they have a problem and they see a problem, they I, I wanna combat it and attack it and do nothing else but deal with the problem. And not being able to annoys me to no end. This is the most overused anime trope. This other joke I made on Twitter, it's been made before, and it's funny because it's true. Watching anime. Oh, I wonder what they plan to do with that side character. Flashback starts to show their life story. Okay, they will die by the end of the episode. Well, sometimes the anime will bait you with this trope and show you like a, a backstory or whatever, um, and then not actually kill the character. In general, if you start to see a flashback of a character, especially a side character that's not particularly important, you know that character's about to die. And someone asked me, are you watching Jujutsu Kaisen? And I said, yes, because there's a character in a recent episode that gets hit. And I'm like, are they actually gonna kill off the character? And then the flashback happens. I'm like, oh, the character's dead. Damn. <laughs> Why do this? It, it now ruins, I know the surprise of the death or whatever. I know it's coming and I'm like, the flashback's boring. I'm just like, come on, the character's gonna die. I don't care about this flashback anymore. They're not gonna matter in like two minutes. Just show me the death. And then it ends finally. I think I actually skipped through the flashback. I'm like uh, halfway through. <laughs> and then it goes back to present day and they die. I'm like, finally. A very strange anime trope and one that I don't particularly like, although I understand why it exists. The same way that I usually skip anime intros, even though the music can often be banging because 
I don't like for what characters are important to be spoiled in the intro. I remember watching One Piece for the first time, knowing next to nothing about it. And having seen the intro though, when they got to the, the floating kitchen or whatever with Sanji, and then I saw Sanji, I'm like, oh, that guy must be important. He's in the intro. <laughs> like his significance would have been revealed to me over time. Or, or like, maybe I could have thought one of the other characters was gonna be taken. Maybe like the, the head chef guy or something. But it was just, it was spoiled for me immediately by the intro. I don't like that shit. I tried water for the very first time. So a very positive development happened in my life, as I tweeted out. Just tried water for the first time. Not bad, seven out of 10. I like the color. Now, why did I tweet this out? I found it funny. But also, I bought myself just a bunch of new types of water. Like, I remember seeing videos of people who would put like nine different bottled waters and they could tell the difference between them. Like you would assume there was actually different, somewhat flavor differences between water from different companies based on like where it's packaged or what's what it's packaged in or what minerals are in it or whatever. And I was gonna do something like this where I was gonna buy every type of water from my local supermarket, but they didn't really have much variation. It didn't seem like as interesting as I thought it would be. A lot of the water you could only buy in bulk and I wasn't gonna buy like 200 different bottles of water. And so I was like, ah, screw it. Like, I feel like I wouldn't have a lot to say about different types of water because they would all just taste like water. But I did end up buying myself some new water and I was really thirsty that day. And it was delicious, like seven out of 10 delicious. And that's what inspired this tweet. So water, seven out of 10, pretty good. I like it. That modest uh, pelican guy, he knows his stuff. Answering your most interesting questions. How do you deal with big video projects? A lot of the time when I tried to make a big video projects, I was most likely to give up halfway through the video production. I don't do many very large projects and certainly the return on the investment of my time in a large project is significant enough, or at least probably more significant than it is for you that can spur me on. Knowing that at the end of such a project, I'm gonna get potentially thousands of dollars is a significant motivation. Actually, that's not true. I take that back because I suppose I don't care that much about the money <laughs> these days. But I mean, it's there. It's not, it's not a non-factor that it's like, well, I'm gonna get paid some pretty good money if I finish this. I'm saying that wouldn't be there for you when you're like, if you got like 10 subscribers and you're working two months on a project, you can't, you have no confidence you're gonna get anything out of it. Like I know my time is going to be rewarded financially, bare minimum. But certainly, usually when I'm taking on a big project, it's because I'm passionate about it and I want to do it. If you're quitting the video production midway through, perhaps you aren't as passionate as you thought you were. Certainly, if a project is long enough, it's hard to keep up that passion the entire way through. For example, I wrote two essays, anti-react essays, and while I was very passionate while writing the essays, and I think the essays are very good, the production of them into YouTube videos has stalled significantly, in large part because I am terrible at reading a script to the camera without looking at the script. And that's with Yellow Bat to help me. I have given the footage to him and I'm like, look, just make this into a video. I'm no longer as passionate about it as I was. And I recognize that the stats and stuff in it are slowly becoming more and more out of date the longer that takes. So what I'm saying is even I, with projects, can lose my passion midway through. And, uh, but, but fortunately I've got help from other people who, uh, who can help carry me to the uh, finish line. So yeah, it's a combination of passion and knowing that the reward is there. And of course, just over time, getting better at it. It being a less frustrating experience to work on a big project. It's just gonna take a lot, a lot of time, but I know I can do it. A newer person is more likely to run into frustrations that they can't overcome and stuff. Uh, but I've been doing this long enough that that's not likely gonna happen. As well, I've got a lot of people helping me. So I, if I do get stuck with something, I know I can get some assistance. 2024 is the year where you should be trying new things, and some of you have never tried pressing the like and subscribe button. 
Thanks for watching and I wish you all the best.